Hello, my name is Colleen Seaton, and I'm a Golden Group director and Sunrider, and I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I was asked to do a tape about eating, more specifically about digestion. It seems to be a good topic for a food company. It addresses something that just about everybody does every day throughout the day their entire lives. And yet it is one of the most misunderstood and misrepresented fields of science. Most people clearly don't have a clue about what's healthy to eat, what correct food is for the human body, where to find good food, or how the body uses the materials that we provide it. For something as crucial as rebuilding our bodies, it seems almost bizarre that we wouldn't have studied the building materials before we bought them and used them. If you were going to build a house, it seems you'd take the time to find out what were appropriate materials, not just choose the cheapest or the most readily available. Well, we are rebuilding our houses where we live every time we put food into our bodies. Think about it like that. It could help you to make better choices. What are the best materials? Well... Do you want to live in a mansion or a dump? How do you use these materials, and how does the body turn these materials into tissue, bones, teeth, brain, etc.? The first thing you need to be aware of is the quality of materials that you purchase. Plants were designed as our body's energy source and fuel. When we eat them, we transfer that energy into our bodies. Dead, processed food can only transfer death into our bodies. The fresher and more alive the food is, the more vibrational energy is going to be transferred to us. And the more vibrational energy the body has, the more it has the ability to maintain health and repair itself. Raw, living foods need to be the cornerstones and building blocks of our bodies. Sunrider foods are the highest form we can get of the raw, living foods. Sunrider foods make it easy, fun, and achievable to make major changes in the way we think about food and health. Changing is fun if you have the right attitude and the right information. When you're conscious and aware of what you're doing, you can create miracles in your life and in your health. Benjamin Franklin said, when you're finished changing, you're finished. We don't want to accept defeat. We have the power to change our circumstances and to improve our health. Everybody can, starting now and getting better every day. Well, there's good news and bad news about changing. The good news is that you can totally change the way you feel. The bad news is that it takes real commitment and serious work. But the good news about the bad news is that it can be a lot of fun and absolutely satisfying if you will take it on as a journey of self-mastery. How well our body interfaces with the food we provide as building materials is the main key to our health. The system that does that interface is our digestive system. It is so abused in America that the top over-the-counter drug that people buy now are digestive aids. Pills to help digest foods, pills to neutralize stomach acid, pills to force that whole rotting mass through the colon. We just don't understand food. We are almost totally ignorant of the digestive process, and just knowing what goes on in digestion should be able to help you make better choices. The areas of concern are, number one, the quality of food. You have to know how they're grown, where they're grown, what they're using to to grow these foods with, then how they're harvested, and then how they're stored. And number two is the preparation of food. It should be eaten mostly raw for maximum benefit. Number three is digestion, and four is elimination of waste. Well, this tape is about three and four, digestion and elimination of waste. 
The digestive system is an incredible, intricate system. It is self-running. It repairs itself at a very fast speed. It is our front-line system that deals with the outside influences coming into the body. I want you to think of it as an approximately a 30-foot tube that runs from your lips to your rectum. Its job is to turn the materials we eat into microscopic particles that the cells use to run the entire body. Also, it has to separate and dispose of things that don't belong in the body. When we eat, what we eat is propelled through the body by muscular contraction called peristalsis. As it travels through, the food is broken down into its components, and these components are to be used by the cells to rebuild, repair, and cleanse themselves. The whole process of the digestive system begins with a decision. We need to decide what kind of performance we want, what kind of energy output we want, how long we want to keep our bodies, what are the trade-in options for a broken-down body, and how much money you need to save for the years when you won't be able to take care of yourself if you make poor decisions. Basically, the quality of food that you're going to opt for. Don't think that pricey foods are the measure of good food. A lot of times, the more the foods cost, it's the more handling, the processing, and additives that are involved. Always choose the organic, close-to-nature foods that can provide the body with the vitamins, minerals, amino acids, fats, carbohydrates that the body needs. Eating is the act of choosing your fuel and starting it through the system. It involves an educated mind, and it starts with your mouth. Digestion occurs mainly in the mouth, stomach, and small intestines with the help of the liver, the gallbladder, and the pancreas. This involves the breaking down of the fibers and chemicals into microscopic particles. Next is absorption, where food is taken out of the small intestine into the bloodstream to be delivered to the cells. This system mostly involves the small intestine, the liver, the bloodstream, the lymph, and the cells. And then assimilation, the act of the nutrients entering the cells. Lastly, when nutrients are assimilated, an equal amount of waste needs to be eliminated. The organs involved in this are the kidneys, the liver, the bowel, the skin, the lungs, and the lymph system. Basically, the entire body is involved in the process of digestion and elimination. All of the organs play integral parts. To begin with, did you know that our olfactory nerves or our sense of smell begins the digestion process? The aroma of food begins the process by informing the chemistries in the mouth what is coming. Smell and taste are created from nutrients that are present in the plants. A few years back, there was a PBS special that was focusing on the lack of nutrients in our food. What they were discussing was that by the year 2000, foods would be virtually tasteless. But the topic was not how to get the foods to start having nutrients again, but what chemicals they would use to artificially create the taste. That's pretty scary. Most of the foods that people eat have so many chemicals and food enhancers and preservatives that no nose could detect what was present, much less prepare for them. Organic, live, raw food will give you a good start. The next step is putting the food into your mouth. The purpose of this step is to break down the cell walls of the plant. Unlike the cell walls of our body, plants have rigid cell walls. The chewing of the food opens those cells to allow those nutrients to be available. 
In the mouth are the salivary glands. Here is the first chemistry that's introduced by the body to help it break down the carbohydrates. It's very important to chew your food properly. By not completely breaking down the food, down to a liquid, we put an incredible strain on the stomach. Failing to chew properly can be a major factor in indigestion and gas. Healthy teeth and gums are crucial for effective digestion. So to start, use the SunSmile toothpaste and refresher drops. They can ensure the health of your mouth. They are incredible products beyond compare. They have no harmful side effects like most on the market. Well, after swallowing the food, it enters into the throat or esophagus. The peristalsis begins to push the food towards the stomach. At the bottom of the esophagus is a trap door that needs to be strong and healthy and in good working order. The door opens when a peristaltic wave hits, allowing food to drop into the upper chamber of the stomach. When this trap door doesn't close correctly, stomach acid can cause damage to the tender tissues of the esophagus. And we call this condition heartburn or acid reflux. And extreme cases with severe symptoms can be caused by what's called a hiatal hernia. What happens in a hiatal hernia is the stomach becomes so irritated by constant bombardment of bad foods or drugs that it starts to spasm or constrict. And because it tightens up, it tends to stretch and pull on the esophagus. Well, this pressure applied on the esophagus, the tension, it starts to pull back up again, and it can actually pull a section of the stomach back up through the diaphragm into the chest cavity. Because it's now where it doesn't belong, the trap door, which is actually called the cardiac sphincter, it may not be able to close effectively. And when you lie down especially, it can allow the acid from the stomach to seep into those unprotected tissues and cause severe burning, actually in the hernia and the esophagus. I remember Glenda Filan, executive director in Sunrider, saying that at first she thought there was one thing that Sunrider couldn't help with, and that was a hiatal hernia because it was a structural problem. But she found out since that that just wasn't true. I've dealt with two people that were dealing with this problem, and they both had relief, and their bodies have again created balance and repair. The answer to this is to relieve the pressure on the stomach so that it stops spasming and can relax. This would absolutely necessitate proper food combining decisions and repair of the stomach and its lining. Our Assimilate, Sunriders Assimilate, is one of the foods we provide that nourishes and helps balance that entire digestive system. It is especially effective in the stomach. We open up the capsules and put it right into some warm water and drink it whenever we feel like we need a little extra support. It's amazing how quickly you can get relief from heartburn, burping, gas, acid indigestion, etc. It really helps to open up these capsules. And of the five system foods, which are Lifestream, Prime Again, Alpha 20C, and Conco, Assimilate is the one that actually tastes good. Now... As the food drops into the stomach, it remains in the upper section of the organ. This section secretes no enzymes. There's no hydrochloric acid to help digestion. When you eat live raw plants, their own enzymes do a major part of the work of breaking themselves down. If the food is cooked or improperly processed, it remains in this area and begins to ferment or putrefy. 
especially if the food was carrying in harmful bacteria with it. Then approximately a half hour to an hour and a half, the food moves down into the lower section of the stomach. This is where there are specialized cells called parietal cells. They're located in the stomach lining, and they create hydrochloric acid. Hydrochloric acid begins now to break down the protein chains. Also, it kills anything that shouldn't be going into the rest of the system, basically sterilizing the contents of the meal. This hydrochloric acid is so strong that it would burn holes in the stomach lining if our stomach wasn't protecting itself with a thick lining of mucus. When this lining breaks down, a condition called gastric ulcers can occur. There was a young man who was going to have some of his stomach removed because of serious bleeding gastric ulcers, and he started using some Assimilade, six capsules every hour for a few days, and the pain had stopped. After a short time, he went back to have it checked, and the ulcers had completely disappeared. One of the best qualities of this digestive tract of ours is that it regenerates itself very quickly, and if it gets quality materials, it can fix itself rapidly. This is a good spot here to talk about the importance of water in our system. Did you know that a major contributor in both hiatal hernias and gastric ulcers is lack of water? It's as simple as that. Not enough water to create the mucus layer that protects the lining. Mucus is 98% water, so obviously dehydration would have an effect on this. The mucus or water layer of the stomach lining is the innermost layer of the stomach. The cells in the layer right below secrete a sodium bicarbonate. That neutralizes the acid, and it migrates up, and it gets trapped in the mucus layer. As the acid in the stomach hits that layer, it's neutralized, so it can't get down to damage the underlying layers of tissue. The very first signal that would be observed with pain in the stomach is there's a lack of water. So many times a glass of water will give immediate relief. Before you take any digestive aid or medication that are toxic and they're going to create side effects, make sure you try the natural answer, working on the cause, not the symptom. You also need to recognize that even though the pain shows up as what they call dyspepsia, which is another name for a painful digestion, the dehydration is established all over the body. This is just the first place to produce symptoms. Always try a glass of water or two first. And let's make a new commitment to get at least three quarts to a gallon of water or Fortune Delight a day. Next, let's talk about acid indigestion and how we've been misled into treating it by making it worse. When the stomach digests, it churns this food with the hydrochloric acid. The more acid, the better. If there is no hydrochloric acid, the food begins to rot, and this rotting process creates deviant acids that don't belong in the body. They are the byproduct of fermentation, and they're very, very irritating to the system. But understand this. It was too little hydrochloric acid that caused the problem. And what are we taught? We're taught to take antacids. Yeah, they stop the symptom of pain and discomfort because they neutralize the deviant acid, but they also are neutralizing that little bitty amount of hydrochloric acid you had, and the problem is just going to get worse. And now, if you take the antacid, all of that undigested food passes down into the small intestine. 
Number one, it's not only unusable by the body because it's not properly digested, but it also continues its rotting process throughout the rest of the body. Well, food is supposed to stay in the stomach about two to four hours if it is properly combined and properly digested. If the system is weak or other problems exist, it can stay in there a lot longer. Fruits are the one exception. They can pass through very quickly if they're eaten alone. Low fat goes through quicker than high fat. Raw live foods faster than cooked processed foods. Plants faster than meats. This is a place that you can save valuable energy to run the rest of your body because this is a major energy-using area of the body. It has been said that digesting a day's worth of the typical foods that people eat with no live enzymes is equivalent in energy expenditure to a full day at hard labor. And yet eating is supposed to replenish our energy, not deplete it. Is it any wonder that people need constant stimulants to even make it through the day? Truly, the only food I've ever found that gives you this abundance of energy is a Sunrider meal. Another one of the main things that causes the slowdown or complete shutdown of digestion is stress. You must be aware of making eating and meals a very, very spiritual ritual. Think of it in terms of bounty and appreciation. Gratitude and pure foods go well together to be able to extract full nutrition from the gift of food. But, of course, you have to choose foods that have a gift to give. Well, after the stomach has completed its job, when the food is the consistency of pea soup, it is released by small amounts into the first section of the small intestine to be absorbed. The valve that opens between the stomach and the small intestine is called the pyloric valve. Now, into the small intestine. This is where most of our food is taken into the system. The small intestine is approximately 20 foot long, and if the absorptive surface were laid out, it would be the size of a tennis court. The lining of a healthy small intestine are covered with villa, which are hair-like protrusions that do a lot of different functions. They produce digestive enzymes, they absorb nutrients, they block the absorption of things that shouldn't get into the body. This lining replaces itself every three to five days. Well, sometimes that lining gets damaged and can't do the job of selecting what goes in and what does not. This causes a condition called leaky gut syndrome. Well, let's first talk about the two ways that things are supposed to pass from one area to another area in the body. And then specifically, we want to talk about how food passes through the membrane of the intestines into the bloodstream. Things move by passive or active transport, and in the intestines, both are present and active. Passive transport involves diffusion and filtration. They don't use energy. They don't involve energy. Think of uh, like the natural laws along the lines of water flowing downhill or water seeking its own level. This mostly involves is higher concentration of substances or nutrients moving into a lower concentration area. The second is the active transport, which does involve energy expenditure. It's something that needs to be pumped into or out of an area. And think of the energy it takes to pump water uphill. Now, our body uses something called ion pumps that actually move things when they need the energy movement. Both of these forces are employed to move the food from the intestine into the bloodstream for delivery to the cells. 
in the small intestine between the cells that line the intestine there that are using these controlled active and passive transports there are joints they are called desmosomes in a healthy body they form very very tight junctions but when the intestines get irritated these areas can swell up and continued irritation can cause these areas to become damaged they can loosen up and allow larger pieces of food into the wrong areas these large pieces are seen as invaders by the body and a full-scale immune system response is launched. As the intestines get more and more damaged by our poor eating habits, larger and larger pieces of contamination flow into our bloodstream and our tissues. Bacteria, toxins, and undigested food starts to poison and clog the systems of the body. Did you know that this phenomena of leakage of large particles into the bloodstream with the resulting immune response is called leukocytosis. Leukocytosis is the medical name given to an excessive number of white corpuscles in the blood, and white cells are our immune system cells. Documentation shows that within 30 minutes of eating cooked food, the body's white blood cell count increases dramatically. If you ate predominantly cooked food, every time you ate, you would be mobilizing your immune system. The body is responding to the cooked food exactly as it would to a foreign organism. No wonder when we need our immune system for other reasons, it's not available. This occurrence was first documented in 1846, and it was classified as normal because it seemed that everybody suffered from it. It wasn't until 30 years later that a Dr. Kuchikoff showed that food that was uncooked did not produce that effect. Or put another way, the cause of the leukocytosis was the cooking of food. The white cells are the defense organisms of the blood designed to prevent infection and intoxication of the blood. Dr. Kuchikoff found that there were different levels of leukocytosis produced by different foods. Raw foods produced none. Those foods, once they were cooked, produced leukocytosis. Manufactured or processed foods were extremely offensive and the worst were prepared or processed meat. They brought on the most violent reactions, equal to a poisoning. When you understand this process, you can understand why if you switch to a raw food diet, it could produce such rapid regenerative states in the body, simply by reducing the tremendous overload the immune system has to handle. This process also can explain common food allergies. This is a quote from a book I really liked by Elizabeth Lipsky. Um, here it is, quote, Here's how leaky gut syndrome works. Imagine that your cells need a kernel of corn. They're screaming out, hey, send me a kernel of corn. The bloodstream replies, well, I have a can of corn, but I don't have a can opener. So the can goes around and around while the cells are actually starving for corn. Finally, your immune system reacts by making antibodies against the can of corn, treating the corn as if it were a foreign invader. Your immune system has mobilized to finish the job of the incomplete digestion, but this puts unnecessary stress on it. The next time you eat corn, your body already has antibodies to react to it, which trigger the immune system response, and so on. As time goes on, people with leaky gut syndrome tend to get more and more sensitive to a wider variety of foods and environmental contaminants, unquote. Also, in, the, in a healthy intestine, there's a mucosal lining 
that affords protection against leakage of intestinal bacteria into other parts of the body. But when the cells are leaking, this bacteria passes on into the bloodstream. One example of bad leakage was a man who was suffering from arthritis, and he had intestinal bacteria thriving in the synovial fluid surrounding his knee. Can you see why Sunrider would be so effective in bringing balance back to this situation? The foods are so easy to break down and be utilized, and there's nothing for the immune system to react to. But you have to make sure you're not adding the offending foods at the same time. And since the digestive tract can repair itself so quickly, by using the nutrients available in the Sunrider foods, this is not a difficult problem to repair. Did you know that Sharon Farnsworth, the executive director in Sunrider, was a universal allergic? She reacted to just about everything she put into her body. And when she started eating Sunrider, she said the only two foods she didn't react to were zucchini and tuna fish. The turning point in understanding the miracle of the whole SunPack program is in her following story. She said that one day her husband brought in a Crenshaw melon from the garden. She ate about half of it and went into such an allergy attack that she could hardly breathe. She said that this was the first time she ate the entire sun pack the way it was designed to be eaten, and within minutes she had relief. She had been treating the foods like American medicinal herbs, you know, trying to treat this problem or that problem, but now she realized you really don't know how many systems are involved in what's going on in your body. Once she understood this, she was finally able to resolve her allergies. This is what you have to understand. To create a true level of health, every part, every function needs to be nourished regularly. Well, now let's get back to our small intestine. It's divided into three parts called the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum. The first area, the duodenum, is about 8 to 10 inches long, and this is where the food from the stomach comes in with the hydrochloric acid in it. This environment is acidic. Some of the nutrients that are absorbed here are calcium, copper, iron, folic acid, thiamine, manganese, vitamin A, B2, and zinc. If you've taken an antacid and you've neutralized your stomach acid, these cannot be absorbed. But this is also a common area for ulceration. In the shortest section of the small intestine, about in the center of it, there is a common duct, and it's coming from the liver, and the gallbladder and the pancreas. These organs now play a major part in digestion. They are all secreting their chemistries into this area to help with digestion. The liver and its storage tank, the gallbladder, secrete bile. Now bile helps the body break down fats, cholesterol, and the fat-soluble vitamins. In between meals, the liver is busy manufacturing and storing bile in the gallbladder. But do you know that bile can become too concentrated? Dehydration is a major factor in this condition, and this concentrated bile can become hardened into stones. Well, they can remain dormant in the gallbladder unless something causes them to enter into the duct and they become lodged. Well, also secreting into the same duct is the pancreas. The twofold function of the pancreas is to secrete digestive enzymes to help break down the food, and also it secretes an acid neutralizer that contains sodium bicarbonate. The contents of the stomach with its acid environment now need to be neutralized because the intestines, the rest of the intestines, do not have the same protective layer. 
as the stomach and the first section of the duodenum. So there's another major problem that can come with dehydration. The pancreas has the job to neutralize the acid, and this comes into the first section of the small intestine as a watery bicarbonate solution so that it can easily mix with all the stomach contents, and it's obvious what would happen with chronic dehydration. The acid would be incompletely neutralized, thus causing damage to the rest of the intestine, possibly causing ulceration. Another symptom of incomplete digestion is seen in a condition called pancreatic hypertrophy or swelling of the pancreas. The definition of hypertrophy, and this is from Tabor's Medical Dictionary, is an increase in the size of an organ owing to growth other than tumor formation. It's usually restricted to an increase as a result of functional activity. Okay, so it's growing like a muscle. If you exercise it, a muscle will grow. One of the first signs of an overtaxed digestive system is seen in this condition. Autopsies have shown that virtually everybody who eats cooked and processed foods instead of raw organics have dangerously enlarged pancreases. That's because of the years of overwork at attempting to manufacture enough enzymes to digest dead food. Eventually, the overworked pancreas just ceases to function. Is there any wonder that we have such rampant adult-onset diabetes? Well, the second section of the small intestine, about 8 foot long, called the jejunum, is where the water-soluble vitamins and proteins are absorbed. The last section of the ileum is approximately 14 foot long, and it is responsible for the absorption of cholesterol, vitamin B12, and bile salts. Then, as the food is progressed through the small intestine and the nutrients are absorbed, what's left is water, fiber, and bacteria. These must pass into the large intestine for elimination. The valve between the small and large intestine is called the ileocecal valve. The large colon is about four foot in length, and its job is to now separate the water and any of the last nutrients out of the mass and then eliminate the rest. Over two gallons of water should pass through the colon daily, and about 80% of that is pulled back up into the bloodstream for reuse if your colon is healthy. The large intestine is shaped somewhat like the letter C, if you think of it laying on its side. The small intestine attaches to the large intestine on the lower right side of our bodies, and we call it the ascending colon that carries food up on the right side, right to about underneath your ribs, and then it turns the corner and travels across the body to the left side, and this is called the transverse colon, and then down on the left side, the descending colon, and it ends at the sigmoid and the rectum. Here are a list of some of the main conditions that can affect the colon. Constipation, diarrhea, hemorrhoids, irritable bowel syndrome, diverticulitis, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, spastic colon, polyps, cancer. I could describe all of these to you, explain the symptoms and trace the pathway of degeneration. But what would really be of use to you is what you could do to create the reversal of this process. And the same process is what you could use to create health in any one of your systems the digestive system, circulatory, immune system, muscular, skeletal, etc. And it's just one program. You need to nourish, hydrate, and cleanse. We all have the same need items to be healthy. Here is a list of the need items for a healthy colon. Number one, 
fortune, delight, and lots of it. The colon depends on hydration to keep itself healthy. Most times when there's a slowdown or a backup in the body, it has to do with dehydration. You have to be so careful to make sure that you always replace your fluids. Coffee and colas do not count. Fortune Delight does. It actually enhances the ability of the cells to hydrate themselves. Because of its wonderful electrolyte balancing properties, the cells are easily able to absorb the water. Chronic cellular dehydration is so prevalent, you have got to add the discipline of hydration to your daily care. Nowhere in the body are the ravages of dehydration more evident than in the digestive system, and most particularly the colon. All colon problems will be immediately improved with the addition of Fortune Delight. We start all of our new people with three packets of Fortune a day minimum, along with three quarts to a gallon of water, no exceptions. Number two is the Vitalite bar. It's the fiber that we need so much. We start people on about a third of a bar a day until they see it coming through smoothly, and then we work them up to a minimum of one bar per day. Fiber grabs and traps the waste and the acid, the mucus, the parasites, and it just takes it out of the body. One great hint to get maximum benefit from your fiber bar is to eat it at the same time every day. Your body loves rhythm, and when it knows that the trash collector is coming through, it'll have the trash out ready for collection. And number three is Fiber Tone. Don't forget this wonderful product. It helps to nourish and tone the bowel. Where the Fiber Bar helps with trap the waste and scrub the lining of the colon, the Fiber Tone will help build the muscle so that the food can be propelled through the colon with strong peristaltic action. You will definitely notice a difference if you'll use both. Try at least two capsules with each meal to start. And number four is the Vitadophilus. You need to keep a healthy environment in your intestines. We advise people to buy about six boxes, and we say eat three boxes right away and then maintain with one or two packets a day. Always remember, if you eat any commercial animal products, you are destroying the culture in your intestines because of the secondhand antibiotics. Always reestablish the environment after you've ever had a round of antibiotics, most medicines, or even golden seal. Extra Vitadophilus is also a good thing to do if you start craving sugar all of a sudden. It could be a flare-up of a candida problem. In our group, we teach these products our basics. Daily fare. It's what you need to do to keep the elimination system clean and flowing. If you allow the system to slow or clog up, your body's going to have to use other body organs to back up the colon. The liver, the kidneys, the lung, the lymph, they can all get pulled into the job, but they have other jobs to do that won't get done if they have to do the colon's job. Making a commitment to support the elimination channel of your body and your whole life will change. Lastly, we'll talk about foods and the substances that you shouldn't put into your body. I like Jim Pendry's expression. He calls these foods the stomach busters. We are leading the world when it comes to heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Leading cause of death among our children is cancer, and we have the highest infant death rate of all the industrialized countries. We have very, very serious health problems that are going unaddressed. And believing it, that it has any other cause than diet, is going to send you on the wrong path looking for the wrong answers. Our bodies are created in the most magnificent, complex, unbelievable manner. 
The same is true of our fuel that was designed to run our bodies. Only someone with a biased agenda would say that our bodies were designed to handle anything other than plants. It is the belief in false information that has put our country into the horrible disease state that we're in. When you actually start looking at plants as fuel, you'll see the beauty of the plant. There is no waste in a plant. Every molecule has a purpose. The plant carries the building blocks of our body in, and then it takes the waste out. The design is perfect. Food is passive. It offers its gift, and the cells of our body use these gifts as only they know how. Choosing what it needs, the body creates the rhythms of health. Other things that we put in disrupt those rhythms or create problems. Some are worse than others. Some are very toxic. It's the junk food. Basically, the food that is processed, chemicalized, or has no nutritive value. It is destroying our health and our children's health. In our country, 50% of most kids' diet is made up of those foods, which means that the child must make up 100% of their nutritional needs from the other 50%. That's impossible. This is the kind of heritage that we're leaving them. Well, here's my list of the 10 terrible things you can put in your body if you want to be unhealthy. Number one, all animal products. They are the wrong fuel for our body. The number one killer in the U.S. is heart disease. It's caused by the clogging of arteries. Arteries are clogged with cholesterol, and cholesterol comes from animal products. And if that's not enough, do you know most food poisoning comes from animal products? The average meat eater gets an incredible 500 doses of antibiotics in a year because all the factory farm animals are loaded with them. Uric acid is one of the most noxious poisons you can take into your body. Flesh foods are the major source. When autopsied, victims of leukemia show high uric acid in their blood. Uric acid contributes to painful and that deforming arthritis. It is a cause of gout and it creates stones in the organs. Animal products also are the major cause of osteoporosis. John McDougall, MD, assistant clinical professor at the University of Hawaii, wrote in his book, quote, the calcium-losing effect of protein on the human body is not an area of controversy in scientific circles. The many studies performed during the past 55 years consistently show that the most important dietary change we can make if we want to create a positive calcium balance that will keep our bones solid is to decrease the amount of protein we eat every day. In 1930, the first study was published that showed that in humans, a diet with high meat content caused a loss of large amounts of calcium and a negative calcium balance. And yet 55 years later, our learned medical authorities are still pondering the cause of osteoporosis. The average consumption of animals in America in a lifetime are 15 cows, 24 hogs, 900 chickens, 12 sheep, and 1,000 pounds of other assorted animals. And compare that to, in America, the average family of four spend $1.74 a week on fresh produce. Isn't that scary? You know, eggs are included in this group also. About 70% of the calories in eggs are fat, mostly saturated. They're loaded with cholesterol, about 200 milligrams for an average egg. Because eggshells are so porous and the conditions in the factory farms are filthy, the eggs are the perfect host for salmonella. They are not healthy for you. Dairy products. 
They're high in fat and cholesterol, and they're mucus-producing. They're loaded with antibiotics, bacteria, pus, salmonella, lots of contaminants and diseases. The milk on the market today also contains a genetically engineered hormone called BGH that was manufactured by Monsanto. This hormone was making the cows so sick that they kept having to put more and more doses of antibiotics in the cows, and it's highly suspect of creating cancer in humans. Parents of children with allergies, colic, colitis, earaches, colds, congestion have reported complete relief with the cessation of dairy products. Sixty percent of the dairy cows in America are infected with the leukemia virus. Dairy is strongly indicated as a factor in childhood diabetes. This is not a natural product for humans, and the elimination of it will make a major improvement in your life. The next two I'm not going to go into depth with because I already did on a previous tape of the month. If you want to get more information, go back and get History of Foods in America. Number two are the margarine products, the artificial fat or hydrogenated fats. They're shortening, GIF and Skippy-type peanut butters. These are cancer-causing, heart disease-forming. They're terrible in your body. Number three is the artificial sweetener aspartame. Equal or NutraSweet, and also MSG. There is so much information about how deadly these are. Just don't eat them. They're in a category of excitotoxins, and they cause brain damage. Number four is sugar. During processing, 64 food elements are stripped. All of the vitamins, minerals, enzymes, amino acid, and fiber is taken out, leaving nothing of value. When you eat it, It strips out vital nutrients from your own cells, especially the B vitamins, vitamin C. It creates depression. It also paralyzes your immune system for five hours after you've eaten it. It totally destroys your ability to balance your blood sugars and eventually causes the adrenals in the pancreas to wear out. Number five is caffeine. This is coffee, sodas, and chocolate. The evidence against caffeine is overwhelming. It is a diuretic, meaning it takes water out of your body. It increases the chance of fibroid tumors, nerve disorders. It causes sleeplessness, irritability, tremors, headaches, stomach disorders, restricted blood flow to the heart, strains the kidneys, raises blood pressure. Do you need any more? There is plenty. Number six is chlorine and fluoride from our water supply. It helps raise the placking in your blood vessels, raising the risk of all types of cancer, bladder cancer, kidney cancer. Fluoride is a major cancer-causing agent, and so is chlorine. Make sure you get a source of clean water. Number seven, partial, refined, and processed foods. This includes white bread, white rice, refined grains, etc. These partial foods lack the completeness needed for them to digest properly and completely. They create huge debits in the body. As the body tries to create completeness, it will draw from the body's resources to replace the missing pieces. There's a great book called Fighting the Food Giants by Paul Stitt. He worked as a professional food processor working for two of the major food processing companies, and this is a quote from the intro of his book. Quote, There is a force in this country that is out to poison your food to make it addictive, to manipulate your very body chemistry. This conspiracy wants to keep you overfed and undernourished. Who's behind this conspiracy to take your life? It's the food giants. Without your knowledge or consent, they control what you eat, when you eat, how much you eat, even the way you think of food. 
The food giants have done everything they possibly can to keep you from finding out. They've warped your food consciousness to make you a willing participant in your own demise. End quote. Partial foods will keep you hungry. Have you ever noticed that sometimes, or even a lot of times, maybe within an hour or so after eating a large meal, you're hungry again? Well, this is no accident. You have an organ called an apostat in your brain, and it is constantly monitoring the levels of nutrients. When the nutrients are not present, you feel hungry. So you can eat a lot of empty calories with nutritional deficiencies, fill up your stomach, but as soon as the blood comes down to pick up nutrition and there is none, you feel hungry again, even though your stomach could still have food in it. When you start someone on the Sunrider Foods, there is a pattern that follows. And this is only true if people are eating the foods three times a day. If you're just kind of hitting and missing with a little nutrition, the body does not establish patterns. But when people start our program, which we start them on New Plus, Quinery, Cali, Sunny Dew, Vitalite Bar, Fortune, Vitadopolis, and Fibertone three times a day, what we see is one of three things right off the bat. Number one, they feel totally full. They don't want any table food. Number two, they eat fairly normally, just adding their Sunrider. Or number three, they're ravenous. The number one response. Most times it's the heavier people that feel very full with their Sunrider meal. It seems a paradox, but a lot of people have so much debris between their cells that not much can get through to the cells. So the nutrients from the meal tend to hang out in the bloodstream signaling the apostat that the body has enough nutrients so they will stay full all day. The second response, that's when somebody doesn't notice much of anything, but within a very short time, usually within two to three days, the body starts registering and using the foods properly, and the table foods will drop dramatically. And then lastly, response three, the people whose bodies are able to use these powerful foods immediately. And we've noticed that most times these are the more athletic, the healthier people, and a lot of times it's the very slender people. They may eat the Sunrider, and immediately it's pulled into the cells, and the apostat says, nothing in the bloodstream, send more. The best thing to do in this case is eat up to 9, 10, whatever amount feels right of new plus, whatever you want. Very soon the body reaches a saturation point and will calm back down. The wonderful thing is that shortly everybody, all three of them, come to the same balance. The miracle of Sunrider Foods, when used in a good balance program with discipline, is that it works all the time for everyone. Stay with the discipline of good, complete nutrition, and the body will pull itself to balance. And then you'll feel the full satisfaction of a complete nutrition that the Sunrider meal offers. The cravings disappear, and the new fuel satisfies you and energizes you every time you eat it. Number eight is alcohol. First, alcohol impairs calcium absorption. It affects the liver's ability to metabolize vitamin D, and vitamin D is crucial for calcium absorption. Alcohol creates dehydration by affecting the pituitary gland, and this will even affect the brain cells in terms of dehydration, which is very, very scary. Alcohol is a simple sugar. It is an empty calorie food. It depletes nutrients needed to metabolize it, especially the B vitamin complex. Yeast thrives in alcohol also, as do bacteria and parasites. Alcohol puts an extreme strain on the liver by having to break down the toxins and store them. Alcohol is a major contributor to leaky gut syndrome, 
by dehydrating the small intestine and causing the cracking and leaking. There's just no good reason to put it into your body. Number nine is the high-fat products. You know which ones these are. Mayonnaise, french fries, donuts, pastries, meat, dairy, eggs, salad dressing, candies, cookies. It is definitely linked to heart disease, obesity, breast and colon cancer, diabetes, high blood pressure, strokes, gallbladder disease, osteoarthritis, etc., etc., etc. And high fat makes you sleepy and disoriented. Because of that, we will reach for the sugar or other stimulant. And I don't want you fooling yourself into thinking that plant oils are okay. They're still 100% fat and should be used very sparingly. If you do want to use an oil, the very best to use is the extra virgin cold-pressed olive oil. Number 10 is salt. Nature prepares sodium for our bodies in tiny amounts dissolved in a plant with the total nutrition and proper balance for the body to use. Man prepares salt by jackhammering it out of the ground. And it's not just the salt that we add at the dinner table. All of the processed foods are at risk of highly unbalanced amounts. You have to go back and eat your natural sources. There's lots of other things not to put in your body, but this is a good start. Your main focus for for health should be what's going into your digestive tract and what's coming out. Use your power. Focus on your goals. To close, I want to use a concept I got from Tony Robbins. He came in and did an all-day seminar here in Phoenix that was phenomenal, and there was one thing that stood out to me as an incredible piece of information to use in our health plan. He said that people come up to him all the time and say, Tony, you know, what happened to my life? I was a good father, a good husband, a good wife, a good worker, etc. I did a good job, so why did it all turn out so bad? And he said that it's really hard to tell people what the truth is, that a good job will only produce poor results. And then he asked us, um, what do you think excellent effort produces? And you know what the answer was? It was good results. Then he said, what do you need in order to get excellent results? And the answer was, you need outstanding work. And I think of this in terms of our health. People who end up with broken down, diseased bodies and then say or tell themselves, you know, what happened? I did a good job. I limited my desserts. I I ate fish instead of beef. I only drank one or two cups of coffee a day. Do you get the picture? You know, then if you did a really excellent job, organic foods, no bad habits, fighting the good fight. Well, I've known a lot of people who have done that because I was one of them. I really believe today our American best foods can't do the job, at least not to the level to satisfy me. Well, see, I think Sunrider is the outstanding food. But, of course, you have to bring the rest of your diet up to the excellent level. Sunrider can't make up for the fact that you're not cleaning up the rest of your habits. But if you will raise your standards, you can have excellent health. Isn't that what we're supposed to be about in Sunrider? I always thought so. Thank you.